He's going to face him in human flesh. He's in human form. And, and, uh, <clears throat> and so he says he's being tempted here. I believe our text is a great example that Christ is not only our Savior, but in fact our example of living. And so he is our Savior, but he also in this, this text that we read in the book of Matthew, he's showing us how to handle and how to deal with temptation and, and what's really there in, in the midst of temptation. We see a great example as we see in the, in the life of Christ. We see that he obeyed. He followed the Lord in baptism. He followed his Father in, in, in obedience to baptism. Then he, he came and he fasted, and he was tested, and he was blessed. And this is a great example for us, because if we'll obey, and if we will fast, and if we will go through the testings, and when I say fast, now, uh, the, truthfully, I'm not talking about extended fast like we're doing right now, but I'm, I'm talking about that, that we fast from the world every day that we spend a, 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 uh, any amount, amount of time in prayer. We're fasting from the world, and, and I believe that we're setting ourselves apart for, to, to be close to God. And, and testing comes, and, and, but, but if we come through the testing the way God uh, shows us how to come through the testing, we are also blessed. The great lesson we learned uh, from all of this is James, is found in James chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, says, But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And, and what we're seeing here is that God gives grace as we humble ourselves. And that's why, again, why I believe God led me in this uh, January the 3rd to begin a corporate fasting because God needs a people to humble themselves before Him. If God's going to do a great work in Calvary Baptist Church, we have to be humbled before God. And if we humble ourselves, God will bless in a mighty way. He will, he will test us, but when we are humble before Him, we'll come through the testing. And on the other side of the testing is the blessing. Our text of the temptation of Christ is a very familiar passage and story from the Bible. It, it's one of vital importance to all of us that we, that we study it. And, and honestly, normally we see the surface truth that Jesus was tempted and He resisted. And that's a great truth there. He was tempted and he resisted. We, we even notice that the battle is, is through the Word of God, that he, he overcomes Satan and temptation by the Word of God. But today, this morning, I want to look deeper into the story. Today, I want to look more at the whole story, the obedience of Christ in baptism, the, the leading of Christ by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness, which we've already talked about mentioned. So many times we fail to realize or accept that God might lead us into testing, that, that God might allow us to be tested. And the truth is, God does allow us. Sometimes, we do one of two things. When we go through trials and testings and trials of life, here's what we do. We, we have such a tendency to want to get upset and even blame God or, or somehow think that God is, is leaving us and, and is not existent or he doesn't care. But that's not the case for any of us. The trials and the testings we go through as a Christian, they're there to make us, to bring us to be closer to God. To come forth as gold. God allowed Job to be tested greatly. 
Jesus was tested and the Spirit of God led him to that testing. We also see that the temptations were rooted in pride. That's the main factor in, in all of this is that the temptations were rooted in pride. And, and uh, you know, uh, Satan came, and the first example of this, Satan came and he said uh, in the very first sentence, if thou be the Son of God. If thou be the Son of God. It's kind of like looking at us and saying, if you're man enough. That's what he did to Jesus. If thou be the Son of God. You're not the Son of God to me unless you prove that you're the Son of God to me. So you're going to have to do something to prove you're the Son of God. He was trying to tempt Jesus with pride. You know, I, I, I boxed some years ago, and I know, obviously, it still looks like I could. Amen? At least a smile or something. But, I, but when I was younger, I boxed. And, uh, and, you know, when you do that, especially when I was boxing in high school, because of that, you, you'll, you'll start to get some additional challenges because then people want to prove that you're not as bad as they think you think you are. The next to the last fight, organized fight, <laughs> that I ever had, I was a new Christian, but in, in the fight, and I have a picture of it, I, I'm not sure where it is now, it may be in my garage, but I, I honestly, I thought I, I may have killed the boy. Uh, he was one of those, I, I admire his guts, but he didn't, he didn't cover up very well, and so I pounded him in the nose for three rounds. He wouldn't go down, but I just kept pounding him in the nose for three, well, I say three rounds, actually between the uh, second and third round, when the bell rang, he didn't get up out of his chair. And so I walked over toward his chair as the bell, and I thought, what's this guy doing? Because I'm looking at him, and he's got his eyes open, but he's sitting in his, in his chair, and he just, I won't sit down because most people can't see it, but when I really realized what I was looking at, I realized his eyes were open and his tongue was hanging out. And I walked over to him as he sat in a chair and I waved my glove in front of his face. And that's the picture that they have of me as I'm standing there looking at him. I just waved and he never moved. When I was younger, that was uh, when I was in college, when I was younger in high school, I did not see it and didn't, wasn't around it, but I'd heard in a tournament fight the night before, or, or I can't remember so many details now, but that a, another 16-year-old boy had, had died from an aneurysm of the brain, something had gone on in a fight. Well, as I looked at this boy, I thought, something's happened to him. I've killed him. And it did something to me. About a year, year and a half before that fight, I'd gotten saved, and and something happened to me, and I was to fight the very next night. And I'll be honest with you, I lost that next fight by decision. And I still, to this day, I believe that I lost it because I didn't have, I didn't have the same desire. I didn't have the same intensity. I, I really didn't even want to fight the fellow that I was fighting. But through that later as life went on in college, I was challenged again because I'd 
I fought tournaments at Memphis, in Memphis State two years, and the first year I won the light heavyweight, and the next year I was in the finals and lost by decision. And, and different people would challenge me, especially around the fraternities and things like that. They would, they would want to challenge me. But God had done something in my heart, both through my salvation and through what I had seen that night. And as they would challenge me, I would refuse to fight. And I was called all kinds of names, and I was called everything. And, I, and twice I let people hit me, and I never raised my hands. One of me hit me twice in the face, and I, after he hit me twice in the face, I looked at him and I said, are you done? And I guess I figured since he figured since he just hit me twice in the face and I didn't go down and I was still talking to him that maybe it would not be wise to continue this. But I just said, are you done? Because I came, God brought me to a realization. They weren't challenging my ability to fight. They were challenging my pride to prove. And I can remember telling Joe Beth, I'm not going to live my life proving what I am. Why? It's pride. Well, that's really what Satan did to Jesus. He was saying, you're the son of God, prove it. You know what Jesus said? I don't have to. I don't have to prove it. The challenge to Christ was not about his deity. It was Satan tempting Christ with the primary temptation that had destroyed man throughout history. It's pride. Satan knew who Jesus was. But pride had worked on so many before that he came to the Savior in this human form with the same temptation. We see in the story also that the importance of fasting and preparing spiritually for testing that will come in the wilderness. You know, see, Jesus, as he obeyed, then he went and fasted, I believe. Again, I believe Jesus knew that he was going to be tested. He knew that he must prepare for what he was going to be tested in. And so he began to fast. It was a long fast, 40 days and 40 nights. They say that if you go uh, past 40 days, it, at about 45 days, you, can, you die. If you fast on just water uh, for about 45 days, then you'll then you probably die. You're, you're probably done. Uh, and I believe that's why they stop at, at uh, 40 days uh, so many times. And, of course, that and the fact that 40 is, is such an important number in the Bible. It's a number of judgment anyway in the Bible. But, but the fact is, is that uh, he fasted for a long time. And he fasted because he was going to have to endure all the temptations all in a sort of a package deal. He was going to have to endure all the temptation of mankind all at once. He was going to have everything thrown in him and... and, and, and Real honestly, uh, we, you know, you know uh, they used to have um, uh, back, anybody remember Flip Wilson? Okay, you, so many of the kids don't remember. Uh, but Flip Wilson, he, he uh, would always, well, it wasn't really good, but he would dress up as, as a woman. I think it's on, I don't know what show it was on, Laugh-In or something. But he would get on, and he would uh, he'd get on there, and, and, and everything he did wrong, he'd say, the, the devil made me do it. 
The devil made me do it. Well, you know what? Most of us, the devil has never even fooled with us. You see, the devil is not omnipresent. You know what? I, I'll be honest with you. Most of us are really not important enough for the devil to even fool with us. It's all his little demons, all of his little spirits that he sends to do his job. And, and most of us, we got some pretty puny spirits dealing with us. And they're, they're trying to, but Jesus had Satan himself come and tempt him. The God of this world came to Jesus. But Jesus prepared for it by fasting. He was preparing for the testing. We see that Satan will tempt you from this lesson. We see that Satan will tempt you when you are weak and weary. Did you know that Satan will always come? And I say Satan, his his entourage, his little uh, appointed uh, spirits, they will come and they will tempt you when you're weary. They will tempt you when you're wore out. They will tempt you. Hey, Jay, they will tempt you when you've worked long and hard. And at the end of the day, when you're tired and you're hungry and you need to do something, and they'll come and they'll say, have somebody say something to you. Amen. They'll come and they'll 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 come to you when you're weak and weak. You know what? Jesus was pretty pretty weak. I, I, I've been been going you know about twenty days, and I, I'll be honest with you, I, I'm a little bit weak right now. Amen. I'm a little bit weak. I also know that the weaker I get, the greater the temptation is coming. You say, then why do it? Hey, because I got somebody greater than the tempter. We see that Satan will tempt you when you're endeavoring to take a step of growth. And you know what? That's what we're doing when we fast. Everybody here that's fasted in any way, and those that you, some of you, you can't fast, and, and I understand that. This is not a condemnation. I'm just saying if you've tried, if you've fasted, uh, listen, uh, you, you've gone through a day or a few days or even a meal or two. Listen to me. I'm just telling you, you did that, and the reason we were asking you to do that is so that we can take a step of growth, a step of growth individually, a step of growth uh, corporately. We need to take a step of growth spiritually. We see that Satan appeals to our fleshly desires in these, these temptations he brings to Christ. We see that Satan will test our understanding of the Word of God and who God is by manipulation of Scripture as he did with Eve. He, he's going to come. And can I tell you, that's one of the temptations you've got to be ready for. There will be those, as you take a step of growth, will come to you and will say, Yea, doth God say. Hath God said. They'll come to you and say, "What? now wait a minute, now that, they're kind of extreme on that. And, I, and I'm going to be honest, I'm going to say this, I'm going to come teach to the ladies. And there are some things that we're going to be teaching over the next several Bible studies of the, the ladies' meeting. They, honestly, a, a lot of the world will say, oh no, man, that's old-fashioned. Or, oh no, that's, a, listen to me, I, I love everybody, I don't condemn anybody, I don't expect anybody even to come to the understanding of where I've come in my life. I don't, you don't have to agree with me, but I'm going to tell you this, don't let people misconstrue the Bible to lie to you. We see that Satan will tempt us with power. 
Every temptation that came to Jesus there in the wilderness was a, based in a form of pride. The test of the flesh was a test of obedience. The test of the word was a test of spiritual understanding and spiritual leading. The test of the world was a test of spiritual wisdom. Satan also makes his offers as the world does. Watch this now. When Satan comes with his offers, and again, as I say, Satan is all of his entourage. When he comes to us, he comes to tempt us, and he offers us just like the world offers us, and just like he came to Jesus, here's what he does. He shows us the glitter without the consequences. What we're doing right now in fasting and praying is, is so that we will have spiritual eyes, not just to endure the testing, but to see the spiritual consequences of succumbing to it. That's what the world doesn't tell you. You see, they never, when they advertise cigarettes, they never, te- they never show you the, the lungs of somebody who died from lung cancer. They never show you those black lungs. They never show you that. They, the alcoholic does not see liver disease. The addict does not see the loss of human relationships. The adulterer does not see the loss of a family. The schemer does not see the loss of relationships and freedom. What, what do we learn uh, from all of this, uh, that this passage that we see here about Jesus? One, number one, be led by the Spirit of God and be willing to go where He leads. Folks, ask yourself that question. Are you led by the Spirit of God right now, and are you willing to go wherever He leads you? Thank you. Anybody? Amen, somebody. Wow. You need to say amen a little bit more. Amen. Thank you. Am I not making sense, or y'all just don't? Okay, everybody look at me and say, we love you, Brother Hooker. You liar. Be led by the Spirit of God and be willing to go where He leads. Number two, be in the Word of God to be prepared to resist the tempter. Number three, be humble before God that you will not entertain the lie of pride. Those are three great lessons I believe we can get out of this. I'll say them again. Be led by the Spirit of God and be willing to go where He leads. Be in the Word of God and be prepared to resist the tempter through the Word of God. Number three, be humble before God that you will not entertain the lie of pride. But there's another great lesson to learn. And here's the lesson that we must learn so that we can defeat the tempter. We must learn that when you fast, the tempter will come, but he doesn't only come when you fast. He will come at any time. But here's what we've got to understand and realize. This, this is, I, I tell you, there's a blessing in this. Satan is not all-knowing. Did y'all know that? We get to the point, we, some, we get so fearful of Satan, we think he, he's like God. He's everywhere. He knows everything. He doesn't. That's why you need to be careful what you tell him. There's some things he don't need to know. You know what I mean? He he, you need to, some things we just don't need to voice. But Satan is not all-knowing. He is not God. Amen? Yes. 
So watch this now. He often comes when you are weak, listen to this, not knowing that a person who is fasting and praying is more in tune with the Word and is physically weaker but spiritually stronger. This is such a blessing. I love it. You say, well, you're going to fast and Satan's going to come. Yeah, because he thinks you're weaker, but watch this. You're not. You're stronger. And I love the fact that he's not God and he didn't know that. And I love the fact that he ain't figuring it out yet. Because he comes after us when we're weak. He comes after us when we're down. And when we physically, especially, we're weak and down and and discouraged even. You say, you do that when you're fasting? You can go through all those emotions. But watch this. You're not weaker. You are stronger. Because fasting is a spiritual thing. So often we think it's all about the physical. No, it's not. It's a spiritual thing. This is why we must fast when God directs us and the way He directs us for as long as He directs us, for He is preparing us to be strong in the Lord. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. You know what God says? We need to be strong in Him. You know how we get strong in Him? It's not by weightlifting. It's not by by doing push-ups. You know what it is? It's by letting the, the physical body become weaker because in our weakness we are stronger. We become stronger in Him. And that's how we have to be strong in the Lord. Because watch this. When we're strong in the Lord, we're strong in the Lord and the power of His might. He's greater than Satan. He's stronger. We have His power. Fasting is a very important way to be strong in the Lord. So in conclusion, and I'm almost done and for we must fast and pray so that through weakness we will understand humility and our pride will be broken and then we are truly strong in Christ. With this strength we may resist the devil and he will flee. He says, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. You say, Brother Hooker, why are you talking about all this? Because whether whether you're personally fasting right now or not, the church is corporately fasting and has been for 21 days. That means the church can also come under testing corporately. It may be that you've come under testing. It may be that you come under trial. It may be that you're facing it right now. And here's what the devil says. He says, you're wasting your time coming to church. Things are not better since you came to church. They're worse. You're wasting your time trying to fast and give up some meals for a few days because they didn't get better. They got worse. Satan comes with his lies one more time. Oh, it's true that it got worse. But it's not a waste. Because through it all, through the testing, without the testing, we don't see the blessing. 
When Jesus went all the way through this testing and he, he rejected, by the word of God, he rejected the testings, the trials, the temptations of, of Satan. When it was all done, the angels of God came and ministered to him. When we endure the temptation and when we overcome the temptation and when we face it and, and, and overcome it through the power of Christ, what comes is the blessing. He ministers to our heart. He ministers to our soul. He ministers to our spirit. I've never one time fasted for an extended period of time. We're at the end of it. I didn't say, dear God, I don't want to stop. Because, Father, you feel so close. Your touch is so real. He is ministering to my spirit. Has Satan come to you? Has his imps and spirits come? And did they come with that which pleases the physical body? Did he tempt with infidelity? Did he tempt with self-abuse? Did he tempt with indulgence? Did he come with a distortion of Scripture? Did he tell you that God wants you happy and you can do whatever makes you happy? And that's the real lie he's perpetrating through all of Christianity today. God wants you happy, so whatever makes you happy is what you ought to do. No, we're not here to be happy. We're here to make God happy. He comes and says, if you enjoy it, if you desire to try it, if you have always wanted it, then God wants you to have it and do it. He brought this lie to a whole generation. A loving God wants you to do whatever you want. But Satan never tells you the results of your uncontrolled desires. Never does. He lies and says, God wants you to be happy, so go after it. Have all the gusto you can. He never shows you what's on the other side. Did he come to you with the prosperity and power of the world? What he does not tell you is that to take, listen to this, the final temptation that Jesus faced. He said, uh, look at this. I'll give you all this. If, watch this now. I'll give you all this if you will bow down and worship me. You understand, when you turn your back on God for the things of this world, you will worship Satan, not God. And you've got to worship one or the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. No man can serve two masters. He will hate the one and love the other. God's way is simple. Obedience, testing, and blessing. Proverbs 10.22 says this. This is the blessing of the Lord. It maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. Watch this now. We all, the, the old devil, he'll say, come get this. He'll come say, hey, he'll say to Marcus, you know, you, you, man, you got your career, and you can advance, and you can do all this. Hey, and church might be slowing you down. It might be in the way. It might be something. Listen to me. Uh, God maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. 
You know, there's a lot of richness of the world and riches of the world and prosperity of the world and power of the world that makes people sorry. I've talked to them that, that had millions, and, and, and right now, you know what they would give? They'd give away all their millions if they could just have their children to have turned out for God. They'd give away everything if they could just have their marriage again. They'd give away everything if they had just not ruined their life. They'd give away everything if they could go back to when God called them to the ministry maybe and turn back and say, God, use me. But no, they sold out for the world. He comes with his temptations. We've been fasting, and it sounds strange. We've been fasting so that temptation would come. And it sounds, that's crazy, isn't it? Fasting to prepare for its coming because it's going to come. You say, if I don't fast, will no temptation come? No, the temptation is going to come anyway. But we're preparing for it to come. And when it comes, that's our opportunity to grow. That's our opportunity to pass into blessing. Because it's only through the testing that we see the blessing. I, uh, I want you all to, to be rich. And I know these last couple of services on Sunday have been a little bit different from my personality. But I again say that when you spend your life on the phone and counseling and meeting people and the whole thing that you're doing is person after person trying to put things back together. At some point we have to go through a little time where we just say, Let's believe the Word of God. Let's trust the Word of God. And God says fasting and prayer bring spiritual blessing and power to overcome the temptations of the evil. I don't know what God is, what you've been going through or what your family is facing or what your marriage is facing or what your children are facing or what you've been dealing with and it may be that here we all think man everything's good I have nothing I don't know but I just know that I felt before we finished God led me to this passage that we've got to admit that we're going to face testing and we've got to be willing to be prepared for that testing and that's why it's so important that we know the Word of God. That's why it's so important that we talk to the Lord and know His direction and guidance. 
That's why it's so important that we're willing to obey even to the point of fasting extended days. So he would bless us and protect us, guide us, and direct us. Father, I pray that you bless. Lord Jesus, I... I just need you right now, Holy Spirit of God, to, to move through this room and speak to hearts. Lord, it seemed like the more I tried to speak, the more I felt like I was not doing the job that you would have me to do and not being clear. So, Lord, I know that you have to, you have to make clear what I may have been unclear. Father, I pray that anyone in here right now that might be through a trial, going through a testing, going through a harder time, and the doubts and the confusion have come into their mind, the Lord, you would help them this morning to understand that, that you'll never put us through more than we can bear, and you have a way of escape, and you, you have a blessing awaiting us if we will overcome through the power of the Word of God and through the blood of Christ. Father, if there's one here that's not saved, doesn't know for sure they're going to heaven, Lord, I pray that they'd come this morning. I pray that they would acknowledge that fact, that they would come and just say, that's me. I want to know. I want to know that I'm saved. I want to know that when I die, I'll go to heaven. I want to know that I have God to take me through the trials and the, the hardships of life, that I have His wisdom. I'd like for us all to stand and we'll have a, a brief time of, of prayer if you would like and whatever the Lord's spoken to your heart about. And if you're in here this morning, you say, I don't know for sure if I die to go to heaven. I have some doubt. Well, just like me ask with heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're here this morning, say, Brother Hooker, pray for me. I, I, I'm dealing with those doubts even about my salvation. And that's you. Would you raise your hand for me? Say, I don't know for sure if I die to go to heaven. God bless you, son. Anybody else says, that's me. I just don't know for sure if I die to go to heaven. Anybody else? Then has God spoken to your heart this morning? Whatever you're going through, God is greater. If you notice, Jesus was victorious no matter what the devil threw at him. And watch this. We have the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. We have the Holy Spirit of God who leads us also. As she plays, the altar is yours if you'd come.
You can look up at me. Thank you for, again, your patience. We, again, we're going to be kind of quiet. We've, we've got several that are being dealt with this morning uh, about salvation, and that's a wonderful thing. Um, uh, please, if you would, pray with me. Uh, obviously, you can probably tell I'm a, I'm a little bit uh, weaker today than, than, uh, than I have been. Uh, that's not a bad thing. That's what God wants. He wants it to, to happen. Uh, but I do need to uh, make it my prayer tonight, tomorrow, whether to, to continue or not. I don't want to, I don't continue if it's an endurance contest. That's not what it's all about. I want to do what God wants me to do. If he wants me to continue, then I'll continue. If he doesn't, then, then uh, we'll be done with our corporate fast until next year. Uh, so, uh, but 